0: Hello and welcome. I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and a Coalition Snow Ambassador. And I'm Jen
1: Gorecki, your co-host and the CEO of Coalition Snow.
0: For those of you who are with us in season two, we are glad you're back. For those of you who are new, get ready to laugh, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little.
1: Juicy Bits is about taking the conversations that we start on the chairlift and at the trailhead and bringing them to you to explore alternative narratives that
0: challenge the status quo about what it means to be a modern woman in the outdoors. Grab your helmet because sometimes it's a bumpy ride. FYI, friends, this podcast is for mature audiences, so you've been warned. Let's get to work and juice the patriarchy.
1: Hey, everyone. It's
0: Jen here. It's been a minute since Jillian and I
1: recorded together. We've kind of been on this kick of interviewing other people, uh, not because we don't like each other, opposite of that, but uh, more that we're just really interested in talking to other people and creating a a platform and Avenue to sort of tell their stories. And today we're back and it's 2020. So I don't know. Time fucking flies. Let's just say that. Um, But Jillian and I want to do a decade in review. That's what we're here to do today. And we, we both made notes for this, which is, when was the last time that happened that we both took notes before we met? Well, it's funny
0: because we discussed this briefly and then it was sort of like, I got to get to my notes and like, I'll uh, I'll see you when we record or see you, air quotes, when we record. And I think um, generally our notes, you know, they're super collaborative. We're kind of bouncing ideas back and Mm -hmm. forth. And this was much more like, what are we going to bring when we think about our decade in review. I know for me, so I have two le- levels of notes here. I have one on my phone that got transferred from voice recordings on my commute in the last couple of days, and then the I have the other one on these series of Post-it notes that I actually, God, they're gorgeous. I mean, maybe I'll even post them when the episode um, airs. We can have this as part of our visual because there was there was so many different ways for me to think about this. And when I sort of started with the year. That felt in and of itself like a task. And then I was like, oh, no, no, a decade is 10 years. I had to write out the years, like 2019, 2020, 2018, 2019, and like wrap my brain around it. And I think you – I mean, it's very simple, but it's really true that time does fly. And it was wild. Um, Even though Facebook's kind of dead to me, but not really, uh, I had to go to Facebook and go to my photos And it helped me paint a picture of the last decade. So even if you're listening and you're like, wow, I want to do that. And you're a Facebook user and you're around like our, like I'm in my fourth decade of life. Um, so that's kind of where I stand on the, the age spectrum and how Facebook has served me in the last 10 years. I mean, we we heavily, we heavily
1: use Facebook because we're in our fourth (laughs) decade.
0: I mean, you don't make TikToks, Jen. We're not starting to make TikToks for Coalition Snow. Okay, I've thought about it. And <laughs> this, we're going to digress
1: for a minute. I have decided not to make TikToks because I'm concerned about the Chinese taking all of our data. I mean, I love the Chinese. Nothing against the people. Yeah. Personally, wonderful human beings. I don't know how I feel mm. about the government taking our information because I already am so pissed at Mark Zuckerberg for mm-hmm. all his shit, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to get like onto another platform, uh, because I'm already I'm already mm-hmm. angry at him, and I'm I'm angry at enough people, so I'm just I'm taking a break. I'm not gonna t- I'm no not TikTokking, although I get <laughs> it. It looks cool. I
0: look at it. It looks cool. We can save that for our next decade in review and how maybe That's we another- like dabbled our, our first TikTok dabbles were in 2020, but I kind of thought of it as like 2009. Oh, yeah. To 2019 because I was like, that's that decade. And then mm-hmm. 2020 is just such a fun year to like dive into because it's 2020. It's just like, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny. so I did not, I did not review every single year of my life. <laughs> Instead, what I, 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 I really appreciate your thoroughness. And I think that this, uh, that was indicative of you just finishing yes. a PhD, by the way. <laughs> I, um, (laughs) I just thought, where was I 10 years ago? And so I, I thought back then. And then I thought about, well, what's different now than then. And then I came up with sort of two different buckets of what's different for me personally, but then also what's different in the world. And so that, that's what I, I, uh, took notes on. Um, but to start. I don't know how you feel about this. So you and I both turned 40 in is the it? last decade. And one of the big things that I have realized, like my decade in review is I have so many less fucks mm. to give than I did 10 years ago. Right. And and I think that that is definitely a part of turning 40 and you're like, I only need to care about what's important and then nothing else matters. But I was trying to think back to like what were all the things that I was concerned about ten years ago, and and not um sort of like in the world, but a, a more internally and personally. And I, you know, ten years later, I'm like, I got no fucking time for this. I've like no fucks to give. That's been a so is big that change
0: one of the buckets because I love your bucket metaphors.
1: No, that – well, I'm starting on my personal one. So I am my okay. personal bucket. So this was one of my personal, you know, decade in review, sort of like what happened to me. I've decided mm-hmm. to give less fucks. That happened.
0: Just letting that sink in because I, I – because now it's having me think about where in my notes did I do the, like, where was I 10 years ago, but then also the piece of what I cared mm-hmm. about versus what I care about now. And I think some of it for me, they mine co- kind of went into these three different, like, major themes, and there were things that I had, and I say this a lot in my in my daily life as a high school teacher, is I tell the kids, you know, if you would have told me when I was in high school, I would have been paid to come back to a high school every day, I would have told you you were crazy. Like I never thought that that would have been a place that I directed my activism or directed my energy. And I do really believe in education as a vehicle for social justice and the strength in relationships and, and knowledge and literacy and all those great things. And so I was looking back and I was like, if you would have told me in 10 years I would have, um, you know, a beautiful, you know, healthy baby girl that I would have finished a doctorate, that I would have like run a marathon, that I would have skied the seven continents on skis that I designed with this rad company that like speaks the truth. And I'm so proud to be involved in. So I kind of had a lot of those moments of sort of like almost like an evolution of like, have i been making the decisions mm-hmm. i must have been making the decisions that i'm supposed to be making to get me to this point because all i want to do is like keep going and keep kind of like trusting in the process and keep taking some of the risks and i'll i'll regularly reflect back on terrible relationships embarrassing conversations things i wish that i could take back and i almost overanalyze them to the point of nausea which i probably could should have a shrink for i don't see a therapist or a psychiatrist but I was going to say, I'll I'll add that. (laughs) It's
1: really. really,
0: Because I feel like sometimes I'm my own therapist, but it's like, so those things to me kind of go in the like, where have I grown and what did I used to care about? And I'll think back on the conversations and I'm like, why did I care about that? But I did at that time. That's what I cared about. That's where I put my energy. But it kind of led me to that next space and that next step, if you will. So I find a lot of um, positivities in that. So in that theme, it was kind of like relationship to community, which included skiing and includes skiing, um, includes um, education, and also includes fish. <laughs> I can't. Of course it includes fish. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give
1: you 10 seconds to talk about fish and then we're moving because i so I
0: really excited. You got anything to say? I know. Okay, um, go. 10,
1: um clock 10 clock seconds. Is ticking. So
0: one of my uh this lottery yeah. for the upcoming New Year's run at MSG, I actually got New Year's tickets in the lottery, which is huge. In the decade in review, I have not once gotten New Year's t- New Year's tickets in the lottery. So that was a huge milestone for this year. Done.
1: Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. I appreciate that. I'm giving you I'm I'm fully supportive of that. Um I so it's almost like this whole decade is kind of a blur to me because all I could think about was where was I 10 years ago? So 10 years ago, I was earning more money than I am now. Let's be clear about that. Um, I was in an awful relationship, an awful like abusive relationship. I was working for UC Berkeley, which you think would be like mm-hmm. cool, but... It was cool. It was the it was cool like the work that I was doing was cool, but like working for an institution was not cool. Um but I was like running all this wilderness programming and I was like non-profiting the shit out of things and like getting young people into the outdoors and I was living in Yosemite every single summer. Um And then look where I'm at today. I make no money. I'm like 42 going on 12, Um, but I feel relatively accomplished, which that's like the way – this is like this is another podcast, right, of like how do we Mm -hmm. define success because I'm like, oh, what have I done in the past 10 years? Well, um, I started a nonprofit in East Africa. I uh, started a ski company. I launched a magazine. I became friends Mm -hmm. with you. You're a fantastic human being, addition Mm -hmm. to my life. And excited to carry um, this into the next decade. Um, um, like, although I still have some really strong, amazing friends from the past decade, like people like you and Lauren, um, who's the creative director for Coalition, like new new friends that I that I never had. Um, my day to day life is fundamentally different. I I definitely ski less, but I. Arguably, send it mm-hmm. more. Yeah, <laughs> you know? um, I uh, I've been on TV. You had a TED talk. I was on TV. I had a TED talk. I was on TV. I rode my bike across the continent of Africa. I had multiple African lovers. I'm and I, which I'm. You know what? I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'll take more. I'm like I'll take more. Um, and uh, I mean, I definitely feel. Like, I'm in a much, much better place than I was 10 years ago. And then there's that funny money thing of like, well, I can barely pay my rent. But like, I'm just way better off. Way, like, way happier. Mm, Life is like more full. I'm like super clear on what it is that I want to do. And that's a really, and I don't think that that necessarily has to do with like, us getting into the next decade as much as like, as a human being when you look back at like the like 10 years past how how you get to grow that's pretty
0: cool it's incredibly cool. By the way, we use um, I use your podcast, not your podcast. Sorry, like, I don't use our podcast in my high school class. I do use your <laughs> TED Talk, no, yeah, regularly um, oh. in my class we talk about solutions for the root of migration related to especially climate refugees, and it's um, it's mm. just brilliant. It's super inspiring, and I think that's something I could look at as well in, in a decade review Is the the people yourself included that are, that I've chosen to surround myself with are constantly contributing, constantly pushing boundaries and constantly enriching my life and making things better. And I think that's something that's very different than where I was 10 years ago is I'm, I probably gave my energy to a lot of people that didn't necessarily give it back to me in a really positive and reciprocal way, Mm. or that maybe I didn't need to, but I was just kind of like, Uh, the socializing and the social level. And that was like a lot higher and greater as opposed to now it's almost more like the quality versus quantity and what it takes Mm -hmm. as a really busy human who wants to be a good mom and a good teacher and a good skier and a good partner and just a good human. You really have to like decide like where your time and energy goes. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that does come, whether it's in a decade interview, a year interview, it comes to like, who do you choose to give your energy to? And then what does that mean when you're engaged in that space? How do you show up fully? And then what you get out of that, and not like from a selfish way, but it's like, if you're getting that out of it, you hope that, you hope that you're giving it to those people that you're spending your time with. And that might be a little bit mm-hmm. of like some wisdom that, that comes with age, Um Cause some of my things, Mm -hmm. you know, felt a little bit like milestones or life changes. And they were kind of silly, like switching from snowboarding to skiing, but that's like Pretty much shaped my life and built these beautiful relationships and created, you know, all this strong confidence and athleticism. And then, you know, I, in the last 10 years, you know, I lost my mom, which took me from being like Mm -hmm. having lost my dad in the early 2000s and then my mom and I being so close and then losing her and then being in one of those odd spots when someone will ask you a question and that it's like one of those things that you like would defer to your parents. Like in the last decade, I also lost a grandparent and I remember talking to the, the funeral director in Queens where my grandparents lived. And they were like, oh, we need X, Y, and Z information. I was like, "You know, I'm really sorry I don't have that. They're like, well, ask your parents. And I was like, well, they're no longer alive. And so it was just like, and then my brother and I had to do all Mm -hmm. this funny digging to find stuff out about our grandparents and some of these stories that had been lost because of that. And so that was actually a really interesting thing for my brother and I to kind of make a little Family packed of uh, we we did some interviews with my uncle and uh, my aunts who are still li- still living and we kind of cataloged some some really cool family stories and I wouldn't have done that had I not kind of been faced with this like these these stories get lost if we don't make an effort to keep them
1: well and I mean you so you you lost your mom and you you lost your grandmother but like you also got married and had a mm-hmm. baby which is a lot that's like a big that's pretty big. I did not get married or have a baby, which is of no surprise to anyone who's listening. However, I did I my brother had a daughter and then he had twin boys born on my birthday, which is essentially Gureki world domination. Let's just acknowledge that. Um, so that happened in the last decade. Um, But I, yeah, I personally didn't go through any significant loss like that or like great birth. That's a, that's a,
0: that's a big 10 years for you. No, it was good. And it's amazing that it boiled down to like these two post-its, but you know, it was, (laughs) it was a lot of like feeling and a lot of good love and a lot of, um, it's like maybe a good, Summit, ascent, descent, peaks and valleys. Uh, I remember coming back from my mom after my mom was on hospice and I drove cross country with Brennan. He flew out for the services and then we kind of did this like really meaningful trip. My mom liked to travel and we sent these postcards to her. You know, we didn't obviously address them or put stamps on them, but I remember getting home and like Taking a photo, and this was actually something I looked at on on Facebook, and I I saw a photo, and I was like, you know what? If I can have a smile like that in this picture, like I'm gonna be okay. Like it's gonna be okay. And so I think it, it is okay. You know, not doesn't take away the fact that I miss her and do that, but it was just like again those reflective moments and just those things that shape us and and who we are. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah. You know what? No. Oh, for, sorry. Go and, ahead. You're all good.
1: Well, so what I was going to say, this is a complete digression, but like one thing that totally shaped us in the last 10 years, um, the election of our two presidents. So Barack Obama, um, first African-American president, one of my most favorite human beings in the world. Um, and then who gave us great hope. Um, that the world could be a more just place, a more equitable place that maybe just maybe your hard work could pay off. Um, And that like, maybe we were sort of getting to a place as a society where we were making amends or, or moving forward past like a pretty awful history. And then that was completely shattered with um, Trump's election, which was essentially like the straw that broke the camel's back, right? And like at that point, I think that was an an awful moment. But at the same time, it was this wake-up call. Um, And I, in my lifetime, and so I was born in 77, so I obviously missed – like a lot of what was happening in the sixties and a lot of the work that like Gloria Steinem and like that generation of of feminists were, were working towards. But like that was a catalyst where women were like, I'm so fucking fired up and this is on like game on we're going like, we're going to run for office. We're not taking shit anymore. We're going to start businesses. We are going to literally burn down this fucking house because it's not serving us anymore, and I don't know like I think the other really interesting thing um the good thing that came out of Trump's election was like not only the voice um that that women found, but also like people mm-hmm. of color um and sort of recognizing that we had to like completely reimagine what what the future could look like and like what society needed because I think Obama, like at some extent, like, I think we're just all a little complacent about how good things were. And then Trump got elected and we are like, Oh yeah, so many people are like, everyone's fucking racist. (laughs) Not everyone, but enough humans, right? Like people are really fucking racist. And we just elected a president who talks about grabbing women's pussies and that happened. And so I think that, I think going into 2020, like we're going into the next decade with this vigor and this momentum of like, we're not, we're not taking this and we're not going to do this. And um, the status quo, like as we've known it, we're, we're Let's done see. with that. We're, we're done completely done. And And you see it in the way that like, people of color and indigenous people and queer people are like really have such a, um, a stronger voice. And, and a lot of it, as much as I, um, dislike Mark Zuckerberg for all of his stance on political ads, because just like fucking just no you don't have to accept them. But I, so that's uh, once again, another podcast. Um, but um just like how people have platforms now, and these platforms allow us to have these conversations that that you could never have, because there is there's less gatekeepers now than there used to be. And so this this dissemination of information and of opinions has been really um, democratized, And I think that that is so amazing to think about what that will result in in the next decade. Well, and
0: it brings to mind for me um, a few of like the, whether it's the kind of almost, how would I say, like, I don't want to say like civilian journalist or like the social journalism, but the use of a hashtag, right, mm-hmm. and the mo- the momentum that that can have, and whether it's Me Too or Times Up, or I think of the work that Kaepernick done, at, Kaepernick did, and is doing as an activist, and the risks that businesses have taken to still support. And you said it well of giving people a platform. You're also like not, you're not just a few media conglomerates that disseminate messages like people have so many choices that it's like you have to do better or you're you're going to lose people because they're going to go create what they want that they're not finding with the few choices that might have existed. So just this creation of content and also this desire and people being hungry for things that represent them that represent their lifestyles that they want to see represent what their future will be. And so I even feel like that, that decade in the room of giving the power to people in terms of hashtag and, and just like a community sense. And then I, I will say that the war on the environment is still going well. And that's not something, I think the momentum, especially coming Mm. right now at a COP22 in Madrid, I feel really disheartened and I, I don't want to get pessimistic about it, but I'd like to take your hopeful stance on that. Some of the momentum of this decade going into 2020 will absolutely have to, it, it has to force us. It has to like thrust people into really looking at, um, our environmental concerns in a really light. And again, maybe another podcast, but that's a piece for me that I think the decade has completely illuminated, has made accessible in so many, ways and in so many different angles and that we just have not had enough um high political will to support that movement and then the movements in the streets are so important and they're so prevalent that they just need to continue and that work needs to continue.
1: Yeah, I mean it's I think about that of like so where have we come with the environment in the last decade? So like we acknowledged that humans were destroying the planet and then we decided to try to reverse that and say that like climate change that there's not really science to back it and it's not caused by humans and obviously that's very 100 political um but there i think that there'll be a reckoning with that too in the next decade when we get whatever decade it, it is whether it's in the next 10 years, or the 10 years after that, when large amounts of very wealthy humans start to be killed in mass because of climate change, then we will do something about it. The problem. And I'm 100% digressing here. The problem is that the majority of people who suffer from climate change are the Mm -hmm. poorest people on this planet. And so we don't really have an interest in doing anything about it because we can still turn our lights on and turn a faucet on and everything still happens for us. And so like like for you and I, let's be honest, our worst case scenario currently around climate change is we ski less powder. And that's just, like, privilege to, like, the, like, upteenth like, that's how it impacts us, is we have less powder. But as you know, like, with the work that I do in East Africa, like, people are dying. Like, currently, right now, like, at the time of this recording, which is um, the end of December, there was like, massive floods mm-hmm. in Kenya. Um, and it's all related to climate change. And, and um, you know, more than 100 lives have, have been lost. And, when that happens to the mark zuckerbergs then we'll actually do something about it so i don't know if that's going to be in the next 10 years or the next 20 years or like when when that's going to happen but um i think both in the terms of a lot of these social issues which we can only remember f- as far back as like you and i can remember and obviously there was like huge like civil rights and um social movement happening like in the sixties and the seventies and then the eighties as a decade completely pushed back Mm -hmm. on that. Right. And they were like, we don't want to have anything to do with this like liberal progressive agenda. And um, I feel like we're, you know, like we're back in that right now where we're like pushing back. But I think that what's really um, hopeful about what the next 10 years and, and honestly what the next 20 years are going to bring, is that the demographic in the United States is going to look mm-hmm. fundamentally different. It's not going mm-hmm. to be white anymore. And um, unfortunately, it's not going to necessarily like even be like middle class, right? And so what does this shifting demographic look like, and how will this impact our da- our daily lives and b- around around politics? And, and, and policy, and, and well, policy And that's too.
0: a piece, um, I was recently watching uh, an interview with a Harvard economist and I love this idea of not, they're not really our elected leaders, they're our elected followers. And so there's been so much with policy mm-hmm. that... Um, like they gave the example of Barack, who I know you love, you know, not initially running, not as a proponent um for same sex marriage. And then the momentum that was happening in society and pushing policymakers to make certain decisions while he was in office was like indisputable. And there was just so much strength in the numbers of what people were asking for for to have in their country. And then he flipped his switch. And so this idea of like, uh, Mm -hmm. leaders being our elected followers, it's like following what the public demands. And I think that does speak to what you said of it impacting wealthier people. You know, I do think in California for us in Tahoe, it only has happened to me two or three times now based on where I live, but I definitely had the, like, grab the emergency stuff, like the fires spreading, Um, this is very real. And so I I think about that on the level Mm -hmm. of um, climate change shifting as things are drier and there's more fuel, and we have we go in these drought cycles and different ways that things are impacted. but it's so true, like you said, like right now, I'm sitting in my diesel sprinter van in my driveway with my home that has its lights on, and I can go take a hot shower. We still have access to great you know organic groceries in the middle of winter. and I think those impacts I don't want to see those things go away, but I do want to see the impacts happen where. Because we can make changes before things are so devastating. And um, again, looking to get really pro-climate, pro like just progressive humans in the situation to create policy would be fin- fantastic. So election time is always good. A 2020 election, I think, is going to be a big one too.
1: It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Um, so another thing that I've been thinking about in the our decade in review, um, specifically about the outdoor industry Mm. so technically you and i are a part Mm -hmm. of that um which sometimes it's uh, awkward to think that you're a part of an industry because you're just sort of going through your daily life and doing the work that you're doing but um i've seen the outdoor industry change dramatically in the past 10 years so when we started coalition which would have been seven years ago, 2013 is when, um, I initially came up with the idea and then we launched coalition snow in 2014. Women were like not on the radar. Nobody gave two shits about us. Women, we we were not trending and there's good, you know, good things and, and bad things about this, this change. Um, But what happened is that all of a sudden, like we saw this massive outpouring of support, outpour of support for women in in particular, Um, and the outdoor industry started to recognize women as a valid and growing and important demographic that they needed to pay attention to. And we were lucky at coalition to have started at the time that, that we did and, and, and to recognize that something was, was going to happen at the same time, we need to be cognizant of the, the commodification Mm -hmm. of women. And, and in, in 2020, I would like to see us be really smart and, and really investigate the ways in which, The media and the industry tells us how successful women have been because I want to see more women in C-suite positions, more women in leadership positions, more women hired in general, and I would like to see snow sports as an industry and the outdoor industry as a whole no longer be male-dominated. How amazing would it be in the next 10 years if there were so many women employed and so many women in leadership positions that we would no longer exist in a male dominated in industry.
0: That's mm-hmm. possible.
1: That's absolutely mm-hmm. possible. Um, so I think a lot about that. And then the other thing that I think about, uh, which has really just sort of come to light in the past two years is how people of color and indigenous peoples and, and, and queer community and our trans community how they are actually starting to have a voice in the outdoors. And in the outdoor industry, in the outdoor community, we're beginning to redefine what it means to be a person mm-hmm. who recreates in the outdoors. And there's this, this new modern version of it that completely challenges every single archetype that exists. And that's been a change that we've seen. And I'm really excited for how that's going to evolve in the next 10 years.
0: I couldn't agree more. I feel like part of coalition's timing was so to be ahead of it and not come along at the time of like, "Ooh, this looks like something we should pay attention to. Let's do something. It was like doing something really on the pulse and on the cusp of it. And I think what you just spoke to in terms of people feeling more of a presence and more of um, being, just being activated and And finding their space in the mountains and then finding the platforms to share it, I think over the next 10 years, that evolution is going to be mind-blowing and super inspiring. And it's so exciting to have just, how would I say, like the most inclusive and diverse group of people connecting in a way that the outdoors does for us. And I think that that would be just a testament to I don't know, the work that coalition does and the partnerships it makes and just, you know, the work that keeps us moving forward. And again, that's super hopeful. And a decade in review, again, not just us, but, and I like the, I like so much my relationship with coalition and obviously that includes you, but just the work that you've been able to create and the partnerships that you've been able to build. It's just like, you know, Hats off and kudos! And like, if we had a our glass of whiskey, which I'm now drinking, we could cheers. That would be awesome.
1: Okay, I'm I'm definitely drinking a glass of wine right now, and I might have opened a new bottle while yeah. we were recording
0: this. <laughs> I'm gonna, Are you in I'm the bath? Not, Are you that in, that in the might bath have happened. Too? Okay. okay, I'm not. No,
1: I'm not <laughs> in the bath, but I am in my base layers on the couch with a fire and. I just had a bottle of wine. Lovely Amiga. Well,
0: we will have to, as we are recording this at the end of December, you and I will have to um, get together immediately in 2020 and ring in the new year, our style, which will be like hopefully some mammoth riding, some shredding of the patriarchy, and some, you know, uh, wine and whiskey drinking, my friend.
1: Absolutely. And to all of our listeners, we would love to hear from you. So, what was the past 10 years like for you what are you looking forward to in the next decade what changes on the horizon both personally and and professionally this is this is a big moment for all of us and um i know i, I think i can speak for vo- for both of us jillian to just say that we're so grateful for all of the su- all of the support that we've received over the past um 3 years with juicy bits and six years with Coalition Snow. And while we don't know exactly what's in front of us in this new new decade, um, there's definitely a lot of things to be hopeful about, while at the same time, a lot of things to fight for. So we hope that you'll reach out to us and let us know uh, what you're thinking about for the next decade. And as always, we know that we need to be juicing the patriarchy.
0: <laughs> So that's all for us for this episode. Uh, signing off. This is Jillian. And this is Jen. Okay, get to work, motherfucker. We'll see you next time. <laughs>